Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Polygon Alpha podcast, where the Polygon community gathers insights from today's leaders in decentralized finance, crypto, and Web3. I'm your host, Justin Havens, aka Crypto Texan. Let's get started. On today's episode, we are joined by Harsh and Richa, the co-founders of the EPNS protocol or the Ethereum push notification system. Um, this is the world's first decentralized communication and notification protocol for Web3. So Harsh, Richa, how are y'all doing today? How's everything going? It's going great. I mean, we are on the Polycon uh, podcast, so it cannot be uh, better than this. And thanks for having us, Justin. Uh, really excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us, Justin. Really excited for the podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, like super uh, nice to finally talk to the Polygon community as well. Yeah, well, the pleasure is all ours. Absolutely. So uh, we usually like to start these off with just kind of going through, you know, how did y'all get into the crypto and Web3 space? So, Richa, let's start with you first, and then we'll we'll get Harsh's background. For sure. Uh, so I am a software engineer, like by a degree. So I started my career back in, uh, it's way back, I guess, almost a decade back. And I was working in the fintech space. I was working with Deloitte, actually, for a while. And uh, around 2018, I kind of felt that, you know, this is not where like my mindset was. And I wanted to definitely try something new. Uh, and that's when, uh, you know, I started dabbling into a few dApps and I started working with a fintech uh, startup back then. And uh, quickly, Harsh and I were also working in the same startup. And we realized that, you know, there are a lot of uh, cool problems that we could actually start, uh, you know, just trying. And we weren't really sure that this is what we would land up doing. But uh, I would probably let Harsh uh, explain what we actually, how the journey of EPNS started. Uh, but uh, yeah, so 2018, fast forward 2019, we started trying and testing a lot of dApps. And uh, that is when we started hacking at eGlobal Hackathons. And uh, since then, uh, we have uh, created a POC, uh, you know, raised, uh, raised a fundraise. Uh, and uh, right now, here we are uh, launching a new product from EPNS pretty soon as well. Awesome. I think uh, it's my turn now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I actually, my crypto journey, it's like ups and lows. Uh, I started way back in 2014 or 15, back when Bitcoin hit $1,000. And uh, I started as a trader. Uh, so, of course, when I bought Bitcoin at $1,000, it went to $200. So, that that has been my strategy for trading, like buying high and selling low. All, almost always works. In case you guys want to follow that uh, strategy, just, just follow me around and, you know, you'll... I'll make sure that you are always at a loss with your crypto portfolio. Uh, but yeah, uh, that is when I started. Uh, at that point of time, I didn't know that uh, smart contracts existed. Uh, but yeah, when this $1,000 to $200 occurred, I realized that uh, uh, I, uh, I thought about digging more into the crypto space. And then I realized that there were uh, a lot more tokens. So I created a crypto uh, bot. Uh, that basically did arbitrage between different uh, exchanges uh, based on mm, the public news on Twitter or the announcement page. 
and that did uh, pretty well for some time uh, and because of that i used to get like uh, daily reports like what was the trading uh, or what, what were the trades that triggered so around 2017 uh, 18 and this was my exploratory phase as well it started picking up a lot of erc20 coins and that piqued my interest so i went around and uh, uh, i went around to see like uh, what the uh, LAC has C20 and that's when I realized like you know there's this cool thing Ethereum and you can uh, do smart contracts over there and uh, I mean previously I was a mobile app uh, developer and an entrepreneur and I did a lot of things in between like I did mobile apps then I did backend then I worked very very extensively on notifications because when I was doing mobile apps and games notifications was uh, launched by Apple uh, so yeah uh, essentially realized that ERC20 you can program went into it loved it uh, wanted to learn more about the space so uh, joined a startup uh, in early 2018 uh they were doing meta transactions and they were uh uh doing uh, aggregate identity but just for ethereum like it was like the very very uh rough idea back then uh was there uh, uh for some time till the late 2019 uh they also joined that same startup then in late 2019 we were like uh, uh we need to go and solve uh, some of the problems that still exist and we didn't know like what problem we'll work on so 2019 later part we started just uh, dabbling into a lot of smart contracts and labs and we started comparing the experience with uh, uh, the web2 counterpart uh, because we knew that you know the ux is somehow broken we couldn't exactly in point like where it was broken but yeah as soon as we started uh, experimenting with this we very quickly realized that no uh, the ux is broken because uh, no communication protocol or layer was uh, built for uh, the entire web3 uh, for example like in web2 what we do is uh, we get up in the morning and we have a look at our phone and we have notifications from everything whether it's uh, uh your bank uh, sending you crucial alerts whether it's your important email whether it's your uh, paypal or venmo payment amazon delivery or whatever social media or gaming you are doing or even something as personal as chatting uh, on whatsapp not many people realize but all of it is notifications or all of this is enabled by notification like what we say is like it all starts with notification so yeah uh, coming back uh, this was a point we realized that uh, there's no web3 communication protocol that has been built and uh, took us four months to basically create a rough architecture uh, the vision was always web3 like first ethereum then layer 2s and then the entire web3 uh but yeah because web3 has a shared username like the wallet address and web2 uh, deals with this differently where then you have a client and server architecture so it took us four months to basically create a of uh, architecture of what we want to do um then of course uh, wrote to ethereum foundation about it uh they basically said that we love the idea why don't you go around and build it out so build the oc at it global hackman 
Uh, and then, of course, I started tweeting uh, about it because if you're in Web3, you need to tweet as your best friend. So uh, that's when we started tweeting about it. And that's when the Ethereum community showed the love uh, in terms of, you know, uh, helping us out, like exactly what are the points that we are missing in the architecture or even uh, uh, the Web3 leaders or mentors in the space, they reached out to us and they told us or they gave us guidance on how to do things right, uh, including Sandeep uh, from Polygon. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, the journey into crypto, and uh, uh, that's a little bit about like how we started and uh, uh, the problem that we want to solve. Yeah, and I think it's also helpful when I think of these. You know, I, I guess I would consider EPNS a, a Web three infrastructure project, and if you disagree with me, please let me know. But uh, you know, I think it's also helpful for people to kind of make a comparison to maybe like an analog or a, or a Web two comparison, right? Like with LifePeer, I, like I would compare that a little bit more to like YouTube or Vimeo, and with the graph, I might compare that a little bit more to like like. Google or Yahoo, right? So, like, what would be the web two or analog equivalent for EPNS? I think in, in our head, like, no, I mean, we take notifications for so granted because we it's just, it's just so ingrained in our everyday life. Uh, I think I, I hear that a lot. It's like the Twilio uh, of like web two equivalent. Uh, but I think what we're building is like, or what we are inventing wasn't there before to kind of compare in the Web3 space. But I think Web2 definitely, uh, Twilo is one of the comparisons that I've heard a lot. Um, yeah. And Harsh, if you want to add to that. Yeah. So I actually don't think Twilio is the right comparison over here because, uh, uh, because you know, communication middleware is almost invisible. So we uh, tend to miss it out. But uh, the equivalent is, uh, I mean, there are two companies that are equivalent. One is Apple, uh, because whenever you're sending notifications, not many people realize that you send notification to Apple or Google servers. And then the Apple platform or the Apple operating system or the Google Chrome uh, or the Google operating system, they listen to their own servers and then they show these notifications out to you. So in that way, I mean, uh, the Web2 equivalent is Apple and Google. And because, you know, we are building the communication layer and we just started with notification, but we are coming with uh, wallet to wallet chat as well. So Apple, Google and WhatsApp uh, will probably be the Web2 equivalent over here. Yeah, I think the wallet to wallet messaging is really interesting, almost like an email play in a way. But what, you know, what is the main benefit for users? Like what does EPNS do and how does it make Web3 a better user experience? First of all, like uh, why this is needed. So uh, uh, just a very common analogy again. Just think about it. Like when you are on Twitter, you are talking to each other through Twitter DMs, which is uh, uh, the Twitter username and using the Twitter communication layer. Uh, when you are on WhatsApp, you're talking to each other uh, with WhatsApp phone numbers that are the usernames for WhatsApp and using the communication there. Same thing for anything like Discord, Discord usernames, you are talking to them through a communication there. Email, again, email uh, is your username, you're talking to each other through email. So whatever native platform you are on, you essentially always talk 
to each other in that native platform. You usually don't go out. Uh, like if you are talking on Twitter, you will not be like, let me guess the email of this person and then try to email it out and hopefully I'll land the right spot. Or let me send a mass email out to everyone saying that, hey, your uh, uh, domain might be expiring if it's your domain. Uh, so yeah, we, we cannot do that and we should not do that. It just breaks the entire experience. But when you come to Web3, uh, Web3 usernames are wallet addresses. And because there was no communication protocol that was built on it, uh, because of that, a lot of problems started occurring. Like when dApps and smart contracts and uh, innovation started taking place in the uh, Web3 ecosystem or uh, in the Ethereum ecosystem specifically, uh, a lot of problems surface, like take, for example, ENS, your domain name uh, was expiring and there's no way for you to connect the domain name to a Twitter username or to email and you should not as well because it should be pseudo anonymous. So what ENS did was they reached out to everyone on Twitter and they were like, hey, 30% of ENS domains are set to expire. If you're one of that, please uh, renew it. Uh, that that became a very broken user experience. Uh, then you went to DeFi. Uh, people were taking loans and you had so many tweets flowing in, like my loan got liquidated. There needs to be a better way for communication to occur. Uh, and then you went to, uh, let's say, NFT marketplaces like OpenSea. So OpenSea took a very weird way to solve this, wherein they connected wallet address to their email and what happened was like they recently got doxxed. So everyone's wallet address is now connected to their email and it's out on the internet. So again, uh, people tried to fix that up, but the approaches they took was always a very indirect one. And that basically surfaces a problem, right? Whether you are in DeFi, whether you are in uh, uh, ENS, or whether you are in uh, governance or whether you are in DAO or NFT or Metaverse, uh, there's this need that you are performing or your wallet address is performing certain actions. And those certain actions, uh, you should be notified if, you know, uh, something of importance occurs to you on those uh, usernames or Web3 usernames. And that is where EPNS fitted in. Like that was a total poor product market fit because when we started and when we said that now uh, using this communication protocol, any DAP, any smart contract, any backend, any protocol can send notifications that are tied to a wallet address. Uh, and this is an open network. So any crypto wallet can just tap into the these uh, wallet addresses or can just tap into the network and show these notifications out. Then all of a sudden you solve that missing piece of Web3 uh, wherein now ENS domains when they are expiring, they can send direct notifications. Loan liquidations before that happens, you can receive those notifications. Governance proposals, when it comes, you can basically go ahead and vote for it. Um, and you know, metaverse, like how will you chat in Metaverse or, you know, if uh, our land is auctioned or sold, you can basically target that now. Even for NFTs, uh, uh, when uh, new NFT uh, collectors, when new NFT collections are launched, now you can retarget uh, the NFT uh, uh, buyers of your original collection. So a lot of this is solved by notification. 
and that is where notification fits in. Now, when we come to chat, like wallet to wallet chat, why is it important? Well, again, it's the same thing, but think about it like now services have a way to interact and tell the users what is happening. But still, you are not able to build a lot of services that are communication heavy. Like you cannot build uh, uh, a YouTube uh, without you know, uh, having a chat system or a comment system into it. You cannot build a Discord out of it. You cannot build a WhatsApp out of it. Uh, and we are saying that Web3 is going to replace Web2. So you need the communication layer to be robust or communication protocol to be robust uh, in a way, very much gasless for the users. And uh, to be open, just like how Ethereum is open, so crypto wallets can just tap into the network and can show things out. So that is where uh, wallet to wallet chat comes in. Like, uh, I mean, it's the same problems that we see. Bodeep's uh, Discord got hacked and uh, a lot of people uh, got scammed. Uh, wouldn't happen if uh, it's a token gated chat community directly on the Web3 uh, usernames. Uh, then, you know, as I said, like WhatsApp cannot be built unless, you know, people are able to chat. But before that, people are able to notify that these chats are occurring because people will not be in your DAP all the time. So that is where wallet to wallet problem statement and solution comes. Uh, now, I said that this is a communication protocol for Web3 because the way we are reaching this problem is, or the way our vision is that we want to be at the de facto uh, communication layer for Web3. Uh, what it means is that we believe that a Web3 user uh, can be on Polygon and can still be on Avalanche or can be on Bitcoin or on uh, any other chain. And uh, what should happen is that there should be a way that even uh, Avalanche wallet can notify the user that he something of importance has occurred to you on uh, Polygon chain with a smart contract or on Ethereum chain with a smart contract, then you should go and take a look to it and vice versa. So TLDR, the vision is like, a user of Ethereum can talk to a user of Avalanche or any other Web3 uh, blockchains and the service of Ethereum can reach any other blockchain or any other Web3 network and can notify that user that, hey, it seems that you use Ethereum as well and your Uniswap uh, uh, LP has stopped earning fees and you might want to take uh, action out of it. So that is basically the vision and those are basically the problems that we are solving. And, uh, you know, fun fact, like all the examples I used, like ENS, Aave, Uniswap, MakerDAO, uh, we are working with all of them and Polygon as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see the benefit, especially from a user experience perspective of this type of technology and this type of messaging service. But I also want to know, like, who, like, currently, like, which protocols and which teams do you think are using this the most successfully to benefit their users right now? Yeah, uh, I think maybe the top, uh, like like Hush mentioned, that we are working with all the services, like, uh, you know, ENS, we already have the channel up and running on the EPNS protocol. 
uh, I think the biggest have been uh, definitely ENS because people don't want to lose their domain names. Like once I lose my Richard.f, I don't know when I will receive it next. So definitely want to be notified about it uh, before I lose that. So ENS, I think, is a uh, is one of the most popular channels or uh, services on the protocol that people are using. Uh, other than that, I think DeFi, uh, you want to be notified about, uh, you know, your loan about to be liquidated. So you can do an action, put collateral or take whatever action you want to. So DeFi loan liquidations uh, for multiple protocols, I think, is a very heavy use case that we see. And also DAOs. Uh, I think right now there is so much of chatter on Discord and Twitter right now uh, that, uh, you know, a new proposal will come and people are not uh, able to vote on it or not aware of it. So we are working with Aragon. We are working with, uh, I think, about like... Um, 80 plus projects right now uh, that are using EPNS for uh, DAO governance proposals and kind of sending notifications to the user base to let them know if a new proposal is coming up. Uh, I think one emerging uh, um, uh, use case that we're seeing right now, we're working with Decentraland as well, uh, is basically around NFTs and gaming and metaverse. I think uh, popular protocols that are using or that we are working with are Uniswap. Like when the Uniswap LP pool falls out of range, uh, user wants to be notified. You want to earn the fees, right? Uh, Aave, because loan liquidations, uh, even DYDX, I think loan liquidations, uh, uh, or ENS with the domain name, uh, Decentraland. Uh, with Polygon, of course, we are going to come on Polygon as well. But one of the uh, other things which uh, Layer 2s benefit uh, by uh, using EPNS is that very soon when you want to exit your funds from Polygon to Layer 1, Ethereum, uh, there's a challenge period, right? And people usually forget about the funds. Uh, when that challenge period is three hours or more. And at times that is the case. So now there's a way for users to just go through that challenge period in the best UX possible way. And you go through the challenge period, you don't have to worry, you'll get a notification. And you tap on that notification and you complete the process. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think we are very grateful uh, with... <laughs> Uh, because, you know, all the popular protocols uh, of Ethereum, uh, they are basically, uh, we are working with them or they are graceful enough to say that uh, let's work together or, you know, let's try to build this thing together. I think that, it, you know, I think with a protocol like EPM, EPNS that there can be a lot of misconceptions on what it actually does. Because I just think of just the messaging thing, but I think you actually have a product suite of about seven different products, which is also, it's, it's funny because, you know, I feel like Polygon ha has had this misconception for a long time too, that, you know, Polygon is just the Polygon proof of stake chain. And now recently people are starting to understand that we actually have seven different scaling solutions that we're working on publicly. So I just kind of wanted to, you know, give y'all a chance, like what are some misconceptions that are out there about EPNS and, you know, what should people know? We understand this question, like, uh, because, you know, we realize that uh, when Polygon became Polygon from Matic, the reason, one, one of the reasons they did it was to establish a brand new identity where people uh, can essentially connect or see Polygon for the cool things they are doing and for the numerous things they are doing and conquering. Uh, to that extent, we are trying to uh, follow the same path. So uh, there will be something 
which will be done very soon to address the uh, misrepresentation what people have uh, but yeah uh, we have like quite a few first uh, uh, we are ethereum push notification service which basically means that we only operate on ethereum that's completely untrue we we had this vision of multi-chain from the very start and not even multi-chain on just evm and non-evms of ethereum and their layer twos but uh, any chain like any blockchain whether it's avalanche whether it's bitcoin whether it's uh, any chain that supports a smart contract, the vision is that all these chains should be able to send notifications out to the wallet address along with the aggregated wallet address uh, ID, uh, which essentially means that you know you as a user can have a wallet address on Ethereum or Avalanche and uh, whatever else. But whenever you get a notification, those notifications are tied to all the wallet addresses that are connected to you as uh, identity. For, uh, so yeah, that is one misconception. Ethereum push notification service is not for just Ethereum. Uh, the service part is also a misconception because uh, this is a decentralized protocol, which means that we are a core, uh, 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 core team working towards this protocol, but everything is permissionless. There's no permission, there's no whitelisting, uh, there's no nothing. You can just go ahead and use the protocol right now. Uh, another thing is like the push notification part. So we are not just that. In fact, we wrote in our white paper like uh, when we started and that was like way back uh, that notifications or uh, uh, communication layers, uh, notifications are like the basic block of communication layer. Like you cannot build WhatsApp or Discord or any other service without notifications. You can, but it will not work well. And uh, it again increases the UX load. So push notifications is something that we started addressing first, but now that we have uh, sort of perfected that on Ethereum and now we are uh, rolling or opening up push notifications uh, for all the L2s and for all the uh, blockchain layers, starting with, with, of course, our favorite Polygon. Uh, we are going to go ahead and uh, introduce a lot more protocols into the mixture. So chat is something, again, we mentioned in our white paper when we started that this is how chat can be done. Once the notification is done, we can start with chat. So yeah, that's why wallet to wallet chat is coming. But again, that's not the end. This uh, video also that we want to do, like decentralized video. Uh, again, that's something that we wrote about when we started. Uh, so yeah, in a way, the name Ethereum push notification service is like a complete mess normal right now. So that is one thing. The other thing uh, which user think, uh, which user usually worry about is that uh, the users have to pay for these notifications or for these chats. Uh, the answer is no. The way we have designed the protocol uh, and the way push tokens is utilized, user will never have to pay uh, for these uh, uh, services, exactly like how the Web2 follows the model, like users should not pay because the service is sending you important notification. That is sort of a basic package that you should get. Uh, with chat also, we want to make sure that the user never pays. There will be option like Telegram in the future, wherein super users, they might uh, have to pay something. Um, but again, 
uh, a normal user will never never have to pay so that is again uh, something that is a misnomer the third problem is that people assume that uh, uh, epns uh, has a proprietary dapp or proprietary mobile app or uh, chrome extension through which uh, these communication flows uh, will again because it's a protocol so any crypto wallet can do it is just that we also did it so that users can have an instant value add yeah and and then the last one that you mentioned that it, it's a misconception a lot of time that we get it's a service and not a protocol uh and all the crypto front ends that we have is just for the user to kind of experience how notifications look and feel uh when they actually pop up and i think the end vision for us would be definitely that more uh crypto wallets integrate and adopt epns so as soon as you connect your public wallet address the notification just pop uh, like whatever you have opted into uh on your wallet address and all the crypto front ends that we have they kind of fade away uh because a user wouldn't really need to use them yeah and how do these push notifications show up like how do i get notified is it is it integrated into my wallet like so would i see that on my metamask app when i open it up or how would that work that's that's the exact idea like uh, your favorite crypto wallets uh, when you log in uh, over there uh, just like how they are listening to ethereum uh, uh, notes in the background and showing you the ethereum data just like that uh, uh, we have this push notes that are uh, running and they are indexing communication to your wallet so just like that they just uh, interact with the push notes or the network and say that uh, show us uh, everything uh, that has happened in justin.eth and uh, the network will reply that these are the communications that justin has and the wallet can then just show it out to you so on one hand we have services that will send communication out and users that will chat and uh, the middle way is push notes which basically validates those communications uh, in a trustless way uh, using uh, either your signature or uh, uh, or a variety of verification proofs that we have designed and then you have these crypto wallets and uh, not even crypto wallets even dapps uh, like if you're building discord or lens or anything else uh, that can interact with the network and can show this out and even give the user the ability to interact with the uh, their notifications or chats or whatnot. Yeah, and would there be a way to integrate off-chain data into these notifications as well? Is that a service that you provide? Yes, so uh, that's again a very cool question and that's again a misnomer. So uh, we already do that like on-chain and off-chain data. Uh, when I said like, the network is gasless for all the users it is also gasless for most of the things the services also do uh, so you know if you are uh, a dapp or a backend then you don't really have to put anything on chain what you need to do is you need to prepare this json payload sign it with uh, your wallet uh, using eip712 send it to the push node the push node now has this verification proof that this is signed by eip712 the push notes validate everything and admits it out so that also opens up a whole new possibilities like as i said like defi loan liquidations you don't want to be notified when you are liquidated 
that will be sad you should be notified like before you are liquidated so it's near loan liquidation which is not a on chain event so uh, we basically support off chain from the very start uh, and it also opens up like cool new use case like uh, our uh, media partners they are coindesk and right now we send notifications of coindesk whenever a new article is released uh, if the user opts in to receive notifications from coindesk so it opens up that as well and uh, it also opens up the possibility that if uh, a protocol migrates from version 1 to version 2 to version 3 uh, you are able to be notified as a user uh, because again that will be not a on chain event it also addresses some critical security issues like if you are a protocol and some exploit has been discovered or you want to warn your users because there's a scam going on now all of a sudden you can do that because off chain notifications are there so you can just send a manual notification out yeah and i just wanted to like while you're talking about coindesk i had i got notification from coindesk <laughs> which i wanted to show so uh, it's on one of our crypto front end there's a mobile app where you can just connect a public wallet address and i just try to show it here so it's a public wallet address that's connected and you can just see all the notifications from coindesk that can come yeah that's really interesting and when i think of uh off-chain data getting pushed to the blockchain what i typically think of are like oracles so c- could this be used as an oracle in in some sort of way yes so i mean you can do so many things when you have the data and uh, the way we designed uh, this payload is it's content independent so you can even do a automated task with that data uh so for example like a very hypothetical example is uh, when uh, otps will be on uh, the blockchain uh, they don't have to be on the blockchain but when they use the blockchain uh, you can basically send that notification out and that notification you can even tap on it and that notification can itself open the dap up and can be a magic link of sorts so that is like one of the use cases that can be done oracles are of course there like uh, if you are listening to a notification or all the notifications coming from a platform uh, you might be able to use some of the notifications to your advantage like if uh, a loan liquidation or a near loan liquidation is occurred uh, you can build like a if then else type of a thing that now if i have uh, if i'm about to be liquidated send something to my wallet so a lot of things can be done like it's super composable and uh, the reason like it was designed to be like that was because we envision that there will be cases that we will not be able to envision right so that's why we made sure that it's composable and other people or other cool and smart devs they can build on top and they can basically create whatever they want. Yeah, and what are some of the more unique use cases that you've seen so far using this? Like maybe some something unexpected that developers are building leveraging this technology? Like what what have y'all seen out there? Yeah, so very recently we saw someone creating a Rave uh, channel on the protocol. Uh so Rave. Yeah, so yeah, that that was very very cool. uh it was like uh, whenever uh, uh rave tickets will go on sale your wallet address will be notified uh that that is one of the cool things we saw uh we keep on seeing like 
people using it in very very different ways like uh, i was speaking with one protocol uh, and what they are building is sort of settings for or granular settings for uh, the user so the user can basically say that uh, i want notifications uh, from uniswap but only when the lp pool falls out of things so mm, they are trying to build something like that uh, they are also trying to build a dashboard of sorts where these notifications will be embedded uh, someone is also trying to build the if then else uh, thing but i think they haven't launched yet uh, so yeah we keep on seeing uh, a lot of uh, cool use cases that uh, starts to come out we also saw someone uh who wants to charge for uh, the paid prod podcast so they wanted uh, uh, a token gated channel so that is what uh, we started uh, i mean that is what we finished in the version 1.5 of the protocol that you can also have token gated channel so yeah uh, that's why you were saying yeah i was just um, i just remember that in uh, eat amsterdam somebody built uh, uh using lens and the graph and epns how do you remember the use case around that but that was super very interesting as well yes i think they were uh, called lensterdam uh yeah and they were i think they were uh, one of the uh very cool use cases we saw uh they basically uh, enabled notification when you were followed by someone on lens protocol that is interesting um what about spam prevention like is is getting spammed with these notifications is is that an issue that's definitely a big big issue like spam uh, needs to be treated like that uh i mean fun story one day on telegram i just shifted my privacy setting and to this day i am exiting the groups because those eight hours i had been subscribed to 20000 groups so uh, uh definitely like again uh, spam was something that i personally went through it so i knew that we had to solve uh, we solved it in three very cool uh, use case scenarios like the first thing is that it's a user centric protocol so uh when you want to receive notifications just like in web2 you have to allow someone before they can send notification to you over here also like you can uh, see a list of all the uh, so channels uh, channels are basically services or protocols that has uh, 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 that has enabled themselves on the protocol uh and you need to do that before you send a notification out so the users can see all the channels and the user needs to opt into that channel which is gasless because it's eip712 signature that the user does and uh, only when the user does that are they able to see the notification out so that's uh, preventing uh, Uh, unsolicited uh, notifications the other thing that we do is uh, based on uh, two criteria like one let's say a channel has a meltdown then for that what we are developing is something called a spam score uh, which basically ranges from 0 to 1 and uh, now 
it goes to one if you are doing a lot of negative things like if a lot of users are uh, subscribing out or opting out of your channel or if you're sending more than usual notifications then it will install one it will install zero with positive things like uh, a lot more users are subscribing to your channel or uh, with the passage of time so the idea is once this uh, algorithm is done that this spam score will be uh, hovering between zero and one, and the users decide that what is uh, uh, what is a throttling limit for the spam score. So let's say if it reaches zero point seven, uh, push notes will automatically start throttling the number of notifications that you can send out uh, till you know uh, it basically completely stops if it goes to one if you don't uh, basically correct your behavior and then it will take time for you to go back to zero because passage of time is a positive indicator this is something which is in development and uh, the third thing that we do is that let's say our channel is had then it can be to, um, completely closed by on-chain governance so one and option three is already there second is something which we are working on same for the chats like you can send a notification out to someone, but the user needs to uh, opt in uh, or the user needs to uh, uh, accept your nudge before, you know, those notifications start flowing in. So that's uh, uh, that's the way by which uh, we make sure that the spam uh, is eliminated. Uh, notifications, I mean, even if the user hasn't opted in, you can still send notifications to the wallet, but if the user hasn't opted in, it just lands in the spawn box. So that makes sure that, you know, if uh, uh, a channel or a user wants to reach out to you uh, because they have some valid things or concerns, you can still access those communication bits, but it's like Twitter, so you need to go in your spam folder and check it out. You will not be disturbed uh, by them. So these these are like some of the ways by which we handle spam. Uh, we are also thinking because uh, we met Mentor.ed in Amsterdam and he had a very cool uh, use case wherein he was like, uh, uh, why don't you allow people to get notified? Uh, if they haven't opted in, then they have to, uh, the, the sender has to pay something and you can just burn it. So we are also thinking about, you know, making that a reality because it makes sense uh, in a way that uh, I want to reach out to you for critical info you haven't opted in. I just send something along with that critical info. And, you know, if you accept my chat, then it's either returned back or you can basically accept the chat and uh, it's either given to you or it's burned. So that's also one thing that we are thinking that we put in the next version of the protocol. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Um, and it, like, how does the push token fit into all of this? Like, what what is the use case of the push token? And by the way, the great name push because I feel like that's very memeable. Yes, uh, one. I mean, one of our team members just suggested it when we were launching, and yeah, it's very memeable. <laughs> We love uh, the name. Like, uh, I haven't met anyone who hasn't said this. So it makes us very happy for that. Yes, thanks, Justin, for validating it yes. as well. <laughs> so. Happy to do it. <laughs>
Awesome. So uh, coming to push token, like the way we design push token, we designed it uh, for the growth of the protocol and uh, we designed it for the security of the protocol and of course governance. So it has four pillars uh, or four uh, uh, phases by which we can say that these are the use cases. The first is of course the utility side of things. So Again, we have to realize that we are making something which is a decentralized live communication uh, uh, protocol, which means that it has uh, ways to charge fees uh, from the services in the future. And even when the services are doing some things, which basically they should not be allowed to do. I mean, they should not be allowed to do as a very bad way to say it. But yeah, when they do that, uh, they should pay... Uh, the protocol something and uh, the spam score which we spoke about again those are part of the settings that you know needs to be adjusted and the push token basically enables those adjustments and enables charging those fees uh, whenever we get there uh, for the services or for the super users so that is one thing uh, or one pillar of the push token the second is that the push nodes i spoke about uh, these are basically validator nodes and they will operate on proof of stake so of course you need push token to secure the network so that's the second thing that we have to do uh, we are not i mean uh, it's in our roadmap but it's not opened yet the third thing is uh, the governance side of things. So when we created push token, we kept 51% for the community. And I think 35% is still uh, there. And uh, what push DAO and push governance will do is basically see or uh, expand the future of uh, the push uh, uh, ecosystem, uh, whether it's uh, in terms of uh, uh, passing grant proposals or whether it's terms of uh, rewarding people when they're creating useful channels or anything else like the push governance is uh, the third pillar. And the fourth pillar is the coolest pillar because it completes the circular economy we envision for push, uh, which is basically like I said that there is a way to charge fees directly in the protocol. And uh, the fourth uh, uh, utility of the push token or major utility is that uh, it also allows the protocol to essentially uh, get or split those rewards between crypto wallets that support the protocol or that integrates the protocol as well as the push token holders that are uh, maintaining the protocol or adjusting the fees or doing governance. Uh, we did that by attaching a time weight to the push token. So it basically means that uh, the push token holders can decide that X percent of the fee will go to them and Y percent of the fee will go to wallets and it can be distributed among different wallets in different different ratio. So these are like the four pillars by which the push uh, token uh, is designed on or the tokenomics is designed on. I think we have only opened the push governance side of things and uh, the push settings and the protocol fees. Uh, we are going to open up, uh, open those things up in steps. The version 1.5 of the protocol that is an audit. It opens it up uh, uh, as a step one. 
like the protocol fees uh, for changing or updating channels will be active and push token holders will be able to claim those protocol fees and then we will of course uh, have uh, we have this like uh, four year plan to basically get all these things that i spoke about integrated into the entire protocol okay awesome and i'm also just kind of thinking you know this is basically a startup and we're in a, a very nascent industry with this, you know, this brand new service idea, this new protocol. Like what are some of the major hurdles that the two of you as co-founders have had to face just being in this space and being a startup with this new innovative idea that is very helpful, but also it's like you have to explain it to everyone first before they realize how helpful it actually is. Yeah, so I mean, couple of it, and I think that's where the Ethereum community helped us a lot. Uh, the first hurdle was like when we proposed this idea, it was very radical. So uh, a lot of people uh, were not able to get it or were not able to see like why it was needed. Uh, I think, and that's why I say that I love the protocols like Uniswap and Miko because they saw through it and they supported it and that made us uh, that made people realize that no this is something which is needed so that was one of the major challenges we had uh, the second major challenge was uh, that uh, you don't have life when you are passionate about the idea that you're working on, especially in Web3, where one year is like 10 years. So uh, I don't think we have any life outside of work. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't think any founders uh, can ever achieve that uh, balance because uh, as a founder, you know, the project is something that you always tie yourself with. So we kind of learn to live with this new lifestyle where everything is just... Uh, uh, push in EPNS. So, uh, so yeah, th those are the challenges. Uh, other other challenge, uh, I mean, those were the challenges. Uh, uh, we, of course, when we started, like we started uh, uh, working on it without any funding and without any grants. So uh, the other challenge for a founder is to basically see how they are going to survive. So, uh, I think when I said like Ethereum community is so amazing because uh, we basically took us nine months uh, to uh, deliver this POC out uh, and took us nine months to basically get funded or the grant to be given. And uh, we thought of like stopping when we were four months down the line because uh, we didn't had a lot of money. Uh, to support ourselves uh, and I think because the community said that what you're building is good and the mentors of Ethereum said that let us let, let us help you out in fundraise or in grants and, and something else was the reason that we were able to go through that rough patch where you are still finding product market fit and you would still ask questions like uh, okay, did I overshoot? <laughs> so you still do that. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, just to like exactly, I was going in the same direction. I think when we started, 
pretty much started because we wanted to solve the problem and we felt this was something that was not solved before and uh, uh, you know just because we really liked what we were doing and like Hush mentioned for nine months uh, we were pretty much just working on the problem uh, trying to find very hacky ways to you know do marketing with no budgets and uh, so on and uh, when we actually got in the gitcoin grants round seven uh, and we saw actually the power of the ethereum community to kind of you know even that one die that people donate uh, is so powerful that you know we were like one of the top three projects back both in terms of contribution and uh, number of uh, people backing and that's when you realize the money is great like we, it was the first time we had like $16,000 that we got and we, that was like the the best you know thing that ever happened and more so the number of people backing there were so many people who backed and that's when you actually feel that what you're building is getting validated it's not really the money part of it but the number of people who are donating through grants even that one die means a lot and the the idea or the problem that you're trying to solve people see it and they want to back you so i think that was one of the biggest validations of the problem as well that yes we are on the right path and we can continue doing what we are doing and uh, yeah i think that's why i mean there's no community like ethereum so yeah yeah, that's definitely true. And it's it's always just great to hear like how beneficial Gitcoin grants have been to projects, especially ones like EPNS. Um, yeah, that that's always great to hear. Um, so I, I've just got a couple more questions for y'all since it does seem like we're, we're kind of running up on time here. But I want to know, you know, I would consider the two of you uh, the experts in EPNS, obviously, as your co-founders. So what do the experts of EPNS use EPNS for? Like, what are some of the notifications that you two are getting personally? I mean, personally, I just uh, go ahead and subscribe to all the protocols. It also has become a way for me to discover new protocols out. And because, you know, uh, of course, I would love to see like all the notification and it just gives you more joy when you see more and more notifications coming. So uh, I subscribe to all of it, but yeah, definitely Uniswap, uh, ENS, uh, Coindesk, uh, they have helped me the most. Like ENS actually saved me uh, my domain uh, and Uniswap because, you know, whatever little fee I was earning, I want to make sure that I keep on earning those fees. So yeah. Those would be my favorites. Yeah, likewise. Uh, for me, uh, ENS is like top up there. I don't want to lose my Richard on it ever. So I want to have it forever. Uh, Coindesk for sure. For na- for me, now I'm tied to my wallet address. And it's like uh, it's just like a feed of all the things that are happening around the world that I get right on my wallet, uh, public wallet address. Uh, a lot of DAOs, like I have... I think Bancor, like I have like a bunch of snapshot proposals which are up right now for voting. So a lot of DAOs as well. I think these would be my top uh, uh, channels. But we kind of have like a whole bunch of different use cases. So people want to like try uh, notifications uh, and like opt in to services that matter to them, whether it's DAOs, DFI, NFTs. They just have to go to app.tpns.io and uh, just opt into the channel of their choice. Yeah, and which, oh, sorry. I was, I was going to ask which wallets have already integrated this that people can download and start to get these on their phones? 
Yeah, I was saying like uh, uh, we also uh, have a very popular channel called uh, Gas Tracker. Uh, it's not that popular now since gas uh, has gone down a bit, but it was way way popular when the gas was so volatile. So uh, so yeah, uh, the wallets part. So uh, I mean uh, the wallets part. We are starting that journey now. So we started uh, working uh, POCs with. Uh, a uh, few wallets uh, and we basically uh, uh, yeah I don't think the marketing team is going to kill me if we talk about what wallets but yeah we started working the POCs out because that's the next step uh, now that you have notifications flowing up now that you have wallet uh, to wallet chat that is coming the next step should be that uh, it should not be our dap or our uh, extension or our mobile app alone so uh, so yeah uh, the SDKs are uh, done we will open it out to public very very soon uh, right now we just uh, are working with a handful of wallets to basically uh, make them our launch partners if you are a wallet and you are listening to the podcast probably a good thing uh, or probably a good idea would be just to reach out to us and uh, we'll make sure that your communication is all set up. If it was a Sunday and I saw under 80 Gway, I was making all the transactions I could. And now, you know, there's days where he gets to single digits, which... I know. I was surprised, like, I called Richard just to tell her that Gui is two right now. That's, uh, I was that surprised. I took a screenshot of it. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> And we also made sure that we create ton of uh, Nosis Save Wallet right at that point of time. And we don't know what we'll use them for, but yeah, we go, went ahead and did it already. Oh, that's a good idea. I should probably set up a Gnosis Safe. Hmm. I might get started on that this week. Um, okay, well, last question is where can listeners go to find out more about the two of you and EPNS? All right, so... Uh, EPNS, like just go to EPNS.io or EPNS Project on Twitter, EPNS, P-R-O-J-E-C-T. But yeah, EPNS.io, if you scroll down to the footer, you have all the links. There's Discord as well. Discord is so weird, so just go to the website and you can go to Discord. Uh, So yeah, you can check out GitHub, Discord, uh, Twitter, uh, and the website. Uh, EPNS.io. Uh, for me, uh, it's Harsh Rajat on Twitter. It's Yadasit, R-A-G-E-T. Uh, yeah, if you ever feel chatty, hit me up on Twitter. If you feel chatty, but with a developer mindset, hit me up on Discord. Yeah, and uh, just uh, reach out to me on Twitter. I'm the most active there. It's R-I-I-J-O. Uh, on Twitter, or you can just drop me an email as well. It's richa, R-I-C-H-A, at the rate epns.io, uh, you know. And if there's anybody out there, they just need any help with anything uh, in the space, there are new builders, any advice, anything, just, I mean, it's a great space. A lot of people helped us. So if anything that we can help and advise on, just feel free to reach out to us. Uh, always happy to, you know, help. Completely agree on that note. My email is uh, epns.io as well. Uh, marketing, go for richer. Uh, technical, hopefully I'll be able to help you out, but I'll try my best. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, very excited about EPNS. I think it's a very important piece of infrastructure that people don't even necessarily know that they need right now. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how the roadmap develops. So for everyone who's listening and watching, thank you for listening and watching. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Substack. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks again, Harsh and Richa. Thanks, Justin. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone who's listening. It was a pleasure.